Hello, friends. Welcome to Play Along Podcast, a podcast where we play through games. I'm one of your hosts, Jared, and I'm here with Kai and Ben. Guys, we are in the finale, the last episode of Mass Effect. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Existential dread. Yeah. Yeah, loving it. (laughs) You may or may not hear a very long uh, pre-podcast rant that we have done that might be for our members only, so... Yeah. Stay to the site, playlogpod.com. Started off talking about TikTok and Congress and then just descended into a, a, a rant and social thought experiments. And it's a, it's a wild trip, y'all. Yeah, it was. It, what a way to pregame our, our finale here, wrapping, wrapping this up. But guys doing well? Yeah. Yeah, doing good. Yep. Just. Uh... I think you asked that, but yes. I'm oh, did doing I? okay. No. It's yeah, fine. Now you're anyway, doing really well. I'm I'm excited to do talk you have, about do you have the updates? end of the game. Yeah, are we are we getting into it, or do we have things to talk about? No, no. let's get into this. Let's yeah. rip this bandaid off. Let's do it. In the last episode, we talked to El oh, Housekeeping. Do you okay. let me do the housekeeping? Try to fucking take well, control I, of the train. I, and when I when I it. asked if we were just getting into it, or if we had other things to talk about, I was talking about the housekeeping. And then ah. it made it seem like we were just going to talk well, about the game, but now we're talking about housekeeping. What so. I'm saying is that you guys both own iPhones. Um, <laughs> so. Our iPhones and our smooth brains. If you don't know, Play Along Podcast is a weekly podcast where we play through games in a book club format. What we'll do is the three of us will each take turns picking a game. We'll then get the game and break it up into sections and then come together each week to talk about that section specifically. We cover everything that's involved in the game, but more importantly, we dive deep into the narrative and the story. So if you are trying to avoid spoilers for whatever game we are playing, either play the game first and come back and listen to us, or you can play along right with us. If all that sounds interesting, playalongpod.com. You can find all of our content there, all of our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Play Along Pod. You can find us on TikTok. You can find our Discord. You can have fun conversations with us and many other podcasters that are in there. We all have a, a great old time. And if you like what you see, you can sign up for a membership there and get some of our bonus content. One of the tiers has that said bonus content where we'll do kind of roundtable discussions. We'll just have maybe some news discussions in general. We'll pick out a very specific game to talk about. And then our other tier has our D&D campaign, our video game themed D&D campaign that has been handcrafted by Ben which is with the three of us and two other friends, which has been fun. Again, said it. Week and week, it's kind of on a hiatus right now, but it will be coming back once we schedule Soon the recording. Soon to return. Board. Soon to return. And if it already has returned, you're welcome. Because <laughs> we don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, but there's those individual tiers. And then if you want both of them, there is a bundle at a cheaper price point there where you can get our bonus content and the D&D campaign as well. Yes. But... We're going to take a quick little music break here, and when we come back, we're going to get into the finale, the last episode of Mass Effect. Peace out. Eight <laughs> oh. out. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
In the last episode, we wrapped up our time on Ilos, getting a massive lore dump from the AI vigil about who the Reapers actually are and what their purpose is in the galaxy and, and finding the conduit, which is not a weapon what we thought, but instead a relay as well or a teleporter that teleports you from Ilos into the Citadel, which... Now we are chasing, after heading through the portal, we are chasing Saren, and we are in the Presidium, in the Citadel. And lots of, the Citadel is in shambles right now. It is it is not doing very well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fire, and, you know, it's just shit everywhere, and then we crash and make it worse. Yeah, we we don't contribute. I mean, we do contribute to the destruction of, of the Citadel by just crashing the Mako through. Yeah, it was real, um, like, think later decision to, like, go through the conduit head first, not knowing where it, it sends us. Cause what if we there end was, up... like, innocent people there? What if it was just, like, the bunker with people we just crush with our ship? I think they call that collateral damage. It's all for the it's all for the save of the galaxy, you know. Kill yeah. few to save many. The greater good. Um, but, but yes, we we end up like fucking. I think we spoke about it briefly last episode. We like we sort of like land on that strip in the citadel by the AI. Mm. Um, yeah, like that sort of central citadel area, and then the Mako just rolls and rolls and rolls. Um, we kick out the bottom. I think you said it was Kai. Yeah. Thank you, Kai. Yes. Uh, yes, it is the bottom of the, the Mako, which once again makes no sense uh, why you'd have an access hatch at the bottom of what it's, is essentially if you a tank. you your car, you can get out. If there's only one exit, that sounds like a bad design. Oh, uh, we, we did discuss about the, the trunk hatch, wouldn't it, pull the cable, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be better to have had the jet boosters that are already installed on the Mako just run a program to write... To make go back well, to its the original ba- orientation. The boosters, yeah. the boosters only uh, boost in one direction. They only boost down at Not the bottom of the Mako. <laughs> so you're just going to push the Mako like over the edge of, of the cliff, I guess. I don't know. I have done that before, by the way. I have boosted myself off the edge of the cliff. It's very <laughs> unfortunate. I do not recommend it. Uh, okay, look, I'm willing to get past the fact that they put a, uh, a hatch at the bottom of the Mako for literally no reason. Also... I don't know if you've ever really, like, taken a minute to look at the Mako, uh, but <laughs> the scale at which they built the Mako makes zero sense for the characters because there's, like, three people inside of it, but it itself is very small mm. uh, compared to Shepard and the rest of the gang. So, like, Especially I want to see Rex an artist rendering of what it would be like to sit inside the Mako <laughs> as a group. Uh, where you're just I want like, the architectural line drawings of the inside of the yeah, Mako. Yeah, <laughs> I want someone someone show me the scale drawing of Shepard inside the Mako because it doesn't make any sense. And when they crawl at the bottom of it, the panel at the bottom is literally like the size of one of them, and then they clown car out of it like three of them all at once, <laughs> which I just I don't what understand. Is it, what is it called when they do that with like uh, cameras and stuff, where it's like blown out? There's like every single piece inside. What is that called? I have no idea. Oh, I have. I literally have one of those in my house, and I don't know what it's called. I don't know. It's it's called something specifically, but they need to do that with the Mako. Just have a whole like deconstructed picture of it, so you can see all its internal parts and pictures. Maybe maybe the buy the Mass Effect art book. When you get in the Mako, it just shrinks you down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a shrink ray in there. (laughs) 
All I can uh, find is just stuff saying deconstructed. Maybe just de- Maybe I'm thinking too much about it. It's just deconstructed. Uh, but after we get control of our shepherd again, we run into more of the Geth husks. Mm. Which I didn't realize. I don't those think we've seen were... since the beginning. I didn't realize those spikes were called dragon teeth. Um, that's, that's fucking cool. awesome. That's really cool. They call dragon teeth. Yeah, dragon teeth. So there's like uh, two of them. We kill them, and then mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. I went and spoke to um, the AI. What's her name? Avina. Nope. I just I beeline to the door. Yeah. Hello? Did, okay. Yeah. Did was I asked a question? No, we was talking, and you I couldn't. Sorry, tell if I'm looking at internal not. images of the Mako, and it's making. It was making less and less sense as I. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh you found images of it. Yeah, it doesn't. So, so the <gasps> part you green. sit in is only okay. Okay, well let's get into this. This this is this just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so the part you sit in is only the little front, and it's like a little glass piece right here. But that makes yeah. even less sense because we are as tall as the Mako in the game. So like I don't <laughs> understand how you're sitting in the front of this. Bitch. This is like a like, tall guy rising like a small car, you're just kind of like squished in. But like, do you get into the side and then walk to the front, like? We're taller than the Mako. There's no way you're stiff. That's well, that's, that's just dogs. <laughs> that's just dogs. <laughs> that's, that's not what I wanted. God damn it! <laughs> For audio listeners, Kai tried to look up Shepherd in the Mako, and a bunch of German shepherds just okay. came up on the screen. This is there. exactly what I'm saying. Look, this doesn't make sense. This motherfucker is as tall as this thing. You could not stand be, in the Mako. He's supposed to be sitting right here, mm. which doesn't that what? Do they not know how scale works or perspective? Like, these are the seats in here. This motherfucker is the size of the tire that d- would not fit inside of this. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And then, if you look back, they sold a... Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, back to the dogs. Okay, German Shepherds. <laughs> Everyone enjoyed the dogs for a second. And then, if you look at here, they sell a charm, and there's, like, chambers... In yeah, yeah, let's look at this. There's like chambers. This is Rex sitting inside like additional seating in the. Ma- it doesn't make any sense. Well, that looks like it makes sense. No, Rex looks hella uncomfortable for like for audio listeners. Rex is like <laughs> I didn't scrunched say up. I said it makes sense. <laughs> He's like scrunched up in the middle of the Mako, like almost free. Which is what I was saying because in my in the section beforehand when we was finding the conduit, I took Rex and Tali. Um, so I got to watch Rex try and crawl out of the Mako, which was a strange sight to see. <laughs> uh, um, regardless, yeah, so it, it's, not, it's not important, you know. That's, no. That's, that's... I went and spoke to um, Avina, and um, she's basically like, uh, the Citadel is fucked. Um, <laughs> and like, basically is informs us that the council have been locked away um in like a separate mm. area so that Saren can't get to them um and basically yeah. Avina is just like everything is failing uh you know soon we are gonna be fucked and we basically need to find some way to restore the citadel back to its full working capability yeah yes yep that that is our goal uh immediately when you interact with the elevator that's right across from this ai so we just do a cutscene that shows saren kind of approaching it's where the council uh meets in the beginning when we met with the council uh, the citadel it's that same little area 
he walks by and literally just like there's two keepers just like on this little ledge over there and he just shoots them shoots two of the keepers and then goes and works on the computer that's right there which makes no sense really because the keepers are the ones who are trying to help the reapers get into the citadel but they didn't do their job that's why saren's here so it's like fuck you keepers you didn't do your job but they, uh, there's okay. when is okay. when is the ridiculously long cutscene of the uh, reaper coming into the middle of the citadel and attaching like the little pollen. That is um, after that. So Saren yeah. does the duh, 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 opens up the citadel and uh, Sovereign flies into the citadel yeah. and like sticks its like squid pussy like on the conduit. It's a really nasty sight to see. It took, I don't know if it took this long the original version the scene of the ship coming in to the citadel and attaching was i swear to god 30 seconds long like it felt like i was just like it's a good 20 25 seconds easy i didn't remember it being that long just because that whole scene is like like we're in like epic cinematics right now so there's a lot of like the sarah uh the Jesus, uh, Sovereign. Sovereign and more of the Geth ships fly in, and then there's kind of our fleet that comes to defend the Citadel. The Council and everybody has been uh, taken off the Citadel, and they're in this ship for protection. And mm -hmm. so Along then now it's... What? No, I was going to say, because this is important for, for me personally later on. They're in a ship called the Destiny Ascension. Mm -hmm. It's the Citadel Council along with nearly 10,000 Citadel inhabitants. That's important to I remember. Didn't, I didn't know that there was many, that many people there. Apparently, according to the <laughs> I wiki... I would have made is, my decisions differently. <laughs> according to the wiki, there is 10,000 innocent civilians on board that oh, place. Oh, that's that feels bad. Um, Yeah, so Sovereign, Sovereign is trying to get inside the Citadel. So as... Saren activates it, the Citadel begins to close, essentially stopping anybody and everybody from getting in and stopping those plans. And as Shepard, you can now make a decision because uh, Joker and the Normandy are there. They have access to the entire Citadel fleet. We can divert people towards the council and their ship and protect them from a lot of the geth that are shooting at them. Or we can focus all of our uh, resources to taking out and following Sovereign into the Citadel and taking him out that way. This is a no-brainer, right? Like, this, this decision is a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, you you have the choice of, like, okay, there are 10,000 people on board, but yeah. it's, like, save 10,000 and free people or save <laughs> the entire universe. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I I diverge everybody to go to Sovereign, and that, that cutscene where like the council ship explodes, I was like, sorry guys. Yeah, that was um, yeah, that was uh, I, I felt bad because there's like two Asari people, and they're like, oh, Captain, they've opened comms like to the um to the Normandy yeah. or something, and then she's like, tell them, she's like, this is the Destiny Ascension, and then the other one's just like, uh, man, they closed the comm channel. It's just like, ooh, yeah, okay. It, they were, they were. I was very sad. I was like, my bad, that's sorry. Hey, look, it's 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 the greater good. Like ten thousands, yeah. a lot of people, but the universe and the entire population is a lot more people. Kai, what did you what did you pick? Drew, you... hold on one second. 
Oh, so oh, from the oh. time period that the ship enters the Citadel to when it finally attaches is oh, like 32 seconds. I'm watching the cutscene right now in the Legendary <laughs> Edition and counting. 32 seconds of a tiny little ship flying into what looks like a pollinated flower. I just fucking... <laughs> Mind it, it, to me. It was very uncomfortable for me because, like the uh, uh, the sovereign, just kind of like places itself on top of this, yeah, like, just like, and then wraps his little tentacly arms yeah. around like a little node that's on top. Okay, apologies. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm holing onto this subject. What was the question? Uh, what decision did you pick? Did you save the council, or did you destroy, decide to destroy the sovereign? Uh, destroyed the sovereign. Whatever equates to it just flying through uh, all those ships, and I'm yeah, yes, yeah, and yeah. destroying like just blasting through them. Whatever that was, yeah, yeah, uh, which I believe is to destroy the sovereign. I don't, yeah, I yeah. vaguely at this point, yeah. I was playing these sections back to back at the last chapter and was just like, hey, yeah, okay, fucking come on, let's, let's get through this shit. Oh, man, it's so just, epic. I, I, I just want to. The cutscenes are really cool. I like the cutscenes. I was a big fan. I, I like guess aside from the thirty-two second ones, <laughs> I mean that was that part was so fucking long. But other than that, like I do like that there. There's a lot of cutscenes in this section and kind of in the last section, especially because like leading from getting launched, like that when you enter, that was a cutscene, and then it kind yeah. of cutscenes continue through. I mean, this whole thing gives me like with the cutscenes and the, like big Star Wars vibes, like with the big orchestrated score that's happening and the epicness of all of it. Definitely give me like big Star Wars vibes. Yeah, they were like, we can't use like John Williams music, but like if we just we could sound, make our own, like, we can make it close enough. Yeah. Uh, at this point, the Citadel is now closed, and essentially all power of the Citadel has been lost, which is a, which is where the anti gravity conversation that we had in the last episode comes from. The elevator that we were riding now stops, and Shepard has decided, like, well, we have to go down there. Shoots mm. out the glass from the elevator. And we are now walking alongside the walls of the closed citadel because there is no gravity and we have our masks on for oxygen. And our, our, our goal is to get back up to the top where uh, Sovereign is my, and Saren is. This is my favorite part of this section. I thought this was oh, a cool yeah. like aspect of using mm -hmm. the citadel's topography and environment in a way that like we haven't interacted with it previously so making it kind of like walking along the edges of the buildings and like on top the of things shafts and i thought everything. was a super yeah also yeah, i thought that just... was a very cool touch and it feels it just gives context to how fucking massive sovereign is too like i thought he was big but you can yeah. see him while you're walking through these shafts mm -hmm. and he is huge yeah and so we're really really had you shafts and he is huge in the same <laughs> sentence. Absolutely. We're we're making our way along the side of the citadel now, and mm. um, like you guys said, there's like sort of all exhaust stuff, and it's really cool because you're like, you can tell that it's not a terrain that's designed for people to navigate. There's kind of like yeah. dips in it that they get for using there's as trenches and like trenches, yeah, yeah, it's all cool. Um, and then you get to a section where this dropship comes flying over and starts mm -hmm. dropping troops on you. And then, if I remember this correctly, I... Yeah, this is the section I chose to activate the turrets to destroy the Geth yes. ship. Yeah, I I really like this section because the Geth ship comes in and is 
essentially having an unlimited wave of geth until the said ship explodes so while you're fighting and shooting the geth that this drop ship is is dropping down you have to go through this section of the map and activate these turrets will then in turn shoot down the ship so i think it was a cool back and forth of like hiding behind cover and killing the geth and running to these and activating them and activating them isn't just like pushing the button you can either it's the same thing we've been doing before where it's like using the hacking minigame so now you're like trying to do this minigame while you're in the middle of fire Firefight, or just using your Omni Gel to just activate it and then keep going, which I thought it was a it was a good back and forth. I really enjoyed it. I do want to say, mm. I never thought I would say this, but I, I I enjoyed the spectacle. This section was too easy, mm. right? And did you not have that experience, guy? No. <laughs> so uh, this is what too was, easy. This is what I've been saying <laughs> for the past couple of weeks. Is like I don't know if it's so the gun I've got at the minute was doing like three hundred and forty damage, had like a nine second heat sink, ninety something percent accuracy, and I put a bunch of stuff on it so that it took longer to overload. So I could shoot for like twelve or thirteen seconds before the gun overloaded. And then I had bullets in it that did 40% extra damage to synthetics. So I was just mowing down shock troopers left, right, and center. And I was just like, yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Mm. Interesting. Kai, I'm curious about your experience. experience Do you want to hear my experience? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I died a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like seven times. And then don't get me started about the fucking Saren battle that oh. eventually happens in this section yeah. that took me fucking forever to do um i did not have the super weapon that ben has apparently uh so it just was very grindy a lot of killing things over and over and over and over and over it was again. that it was that dude in the c-sec section it was like a specter grade mm. weapon that i bought from him and it's definitely fucking specter grade because holy shit that stuff just just mowed people yeah. down yeah i didn't in that i i, I decided to go armor instead because though that that csec section has really expensive weapons or armor so by the time i bought the armor i had no money for anything else so mm-hmm. I, I was definitely in between both of you i didn't just rush through this there was definitely times where i had to heal and revive my team because i brought uh tali and liara to this um but i don't think i died during this section either but it, my, there some my main issue was because of the amount of enemies that were just like flooding towards you hmm. i would go into overheat and then i would have my secondary be my sniper because that's what i was using to like pick people off at a distance but then when i got in combat situations where i was using the assault rifle and then it would overheat all i would have is then to like switch to my sniper really quick and then by that time i was just being overrun by people um, yep. So then eventually I switched to using the shotgun, uh, the shotgun and the assault rifle together, which was a little more effective for like big groups. Mm-hmm. But even then, like, I just, I think I never ended up buying any of the, the super weapons. And like, I wasn't only until the last two levels was I really like using struggling. the skill points to, uh, uh yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I was struggling the last two levels as well, <laughs> but using, I mean. using the skill points, um, to like, up my uh hacking ability to be able to get in like crates and stuff because i never Mm -hmm. bought any shops i just would find weapons and so i just think i had was i was severely under leveled or had under level weapons for this and then going into it i just saved a lot a lot of saving in between so that i didn't have to start things over 
mm. and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I died yeah. once in the Saren boss fight, uh, the first time I did mm. it. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about that when we get to it, but yeah. 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 Uh, well, yeah, so a, a lot of this is just going through these sections and... Uh, getting our way to Saren. Getting our way to Saren. The other one that stood out to me is, I think it's the exhaust plane, where it's it's a larger span of the, the side of the citadel that you're crossing, and there's about four or five turrets that have uh, shields around them. And these mm-hmm. turrets you can't shoot and you can't disable. So that was really fun. Again, this is the one that had these little like trenches and alcoves, so you kind of like yeah. go down in the trenches to avoid... Um, uh, the turret fire. I use my overcharge a lot, so the overcharge would get rid of all of the shields from the turrets, and then I would just blast the turrets as much as possible. Yeah, to the I mean, but this was cool too. One of the cool things as well was the slopes. So there'll be like slopes mm-hmm. where you descend onto like another side of the citadel because of the no gravity. Because obviously Shepard and that have these like boots that let them stick to to the surface. So. That was cool, seeing like the way that you sort of traversed around the pipe and like came back on yourself, and that was yeah was cool. Yeah, I loved it. Kai, do you have any thoughts on this this section? I died a lot, but other than that, I thought. I mean, I liked all of the kind of lead up to Saren. Once again, yeah. I just think the premise is very cool of how it just like, traversing the citadel. Yeah, traversing itself. the citadel in a different way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think what the the sections I like this game the best are when it's like big battles with enemies. Like yeah. going back to the Cthulhu boss and like going through the sections of kind of like zombies mixed with the mm-hmm. sorry assassins mixed with having to destroy like the different kind of limbs. Like when it does a bunch of mechanics really well, when there's a lot going on, I think that's like when it shines in its quiet moments of dialogue and story i'm not as engaged but like getting to saren was a very satisfying um i guess experience and like felt very straightforward but difficult challenging like i wasn't yeah. lost like i was in the last level where i was just wandering around with no one no geth around right. me but at this point i was like okay i know what i have to do it's just like can i do i have the skill level to actually yeah. get through the the enemies in front of me and i think because of like the amount of geth that never felt like it died down there at least for me there seemed like to always be the sense of urgency whether it was yeah the situation that we're in in general but again just fighting these constant waves of geth made it feel like okay we need to get to that part as like quick we need to get to the yeah. council chamber as fast as we possibly fight. it also affirms that you're doing the right thing like that once again going yeah. back to the last level it's like when you have that downtime of no enemies around you and you kind of have to like find what a specific way you're like am i am I doing it right? Am I backtracking? Everything kind of looks weird. But like with this, I never felt like I wasn't making progress in a sense. Mm -hmm. It felt Mm -hmm. difficult, but I never felt like I was unsure what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of that until we get to the council chamber. And even when we first get there, we're still just fighting a couple geth, but eventually we get to the main section of the council chambers, which we interact with Saren. And this is where first, this is where we fight Saren again. In his little wow. silver surfer, a little cutscene happens before where Saren is trying to convince Shepard to come onto the Reaper side. He said, Sovereign has recognized you as being a very, you know, powerful person and you're very intelligent. And he, the Sovereign says that if you decide to go on our side, that he will spare you. Again, I was just like, yeah, that's bullshit. No way. Let's fucking fight. But 
apparently, if on Vermeyer you had convinced him of something, what is it? If you yeah, so, so in Vermeyer, mine, Saren kills himself. Yeah, I was going to say, in mine, Saren kills himself. Oh, interesting. Wait, because so you only basically you don't fight what, him in that first section? No, no. no so what happens just, is, like, he... Yeah. Oh, Kai, do you want to explain God? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, you pretty much just tell him, like, hey, fucking Reaper's inside of your, your walls. Uh, mm. He's affecting how you believe. And there's, like, a blue option, uh, which is, like, the Paragon option, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, you know, you're better than this. You can, you know, you can you can fight him. And then for, like, a brief moment, Saren kind of, like, snaps out of it. And he says, like, you know, thank you, Shepard. And then just puts the gun to his head and kills himself. And then yeah, cause falls, basically like, into the, the below area where you would fight yeah. him. Uh, and then you tell whoever your companion is, you're like, go make sure he's dead. Uh, and then mine was Garrus and Rex, and they go down there, and then Garrus shoots him in the head again uh, when he's down there. And then all of a sudden, the wispy wispies of death happen, and he's yeah, so resurrected. Interesting. The what it is is if on Va- if on Vermeer, you convince Saren that he's already been indoctrinated. Yeah. What happens is when he goes back to Sovereign. Sovereign senses that he is That's becoming hesitation. hesitant. Yeah, and so he puts implants in Saren. So now Saren has these implants in him that link him to Sovereign and basically increase his indoctrination and make him more likely to do what Sovereign wants him to do. Which is why he kills himself. Right. Because then he's like, so, now Sovereign can't use me. Right. So for my section, I want to talk to Saren... He was saying that trying to convince Shepard to come on to uh, the side of the Reapers and everything with Sovereign. And he says that Sovereign has made me a stronger man. He's like Sovereign has implanted me with something that is going to make me stronger and more powerful. Like this was something that he, you know, was willing to do that Sovereign convinced him this would make him more powerful. And there's a, a boss fight. You fight him on a Silver Surfer thing all while there's just like hordes of geth. So he's in front of you where that little chamber is where he falls. And then behind you, a bunch of the geth are there. So you're stuck in the middle of this trying to take out the geth from one side all while Saren, who has a rocket launcher, is shooting missiles and rockets at you and then shooting him at the same time. Ultimately, when you beat that, you shoot his like silver surfer thing that he's on and it explodes and he falls off of it. And then he falls into the glass. The glass stabs him through the chest. And then it's the exact same cutscene. I had Tali and Liara. We tell them to go make sure they're dead. Liara shoots them in the head. And then that's when Sovereign activates these implementations and fully transforms Saren into this weird mechanical geth creature. And then that's what you do for, at least in my instance, the second boss fight with yeah, Saren. Yeah. So for mine, mine was, um, mine was kind of accidentally perfect because in mine I had Rex and Tali. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's the person you select as the first companion who shoots mm-hmm. them. Because in yeah. mine, it was Rex. Oh, so that's Rex... perfect. So it's almost like he got his revenge that he had Exactly, been yeah. About. So, like, Rex that's walks cool. over and just shoots Saren in the face with a shotgun at, like, point-blank rage. That's crazy. Um, that's and then awesome. now there's another decision just before the final battle where... Um, we have basically managed to get a comms communication open with Joker... And Joker's yeah. like, hey, I'm chilling here. and This the- is where the decision we were talking about earlier, the let the council yes. die or not. This is yeah. where yeah, that happens. Yeah. This is where that happens. Um, so that you can either choose to let the 
the council die, which is like the renegade option, or you can choose what we all chose, which was concentrate on the sovereign, which is like the neutral option because it's kind mm -hmm. of it's bad, but it's like the greater good. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. just I think you get Paragon for doing it. Yeah, we got Paragon for saving to picking sovereign instead. Yeah, so it says Paragon option. If Shepard offers uh, orders the Alliance to save the Ascension, which is where the Council is, uh, the Alliance fleet led by the Normandy screams through the relay. Mm. And Admiral Hackett orders all Alliance ships to slave the flagship with the Council on. They open fire on the Geth ships, and while they take some casualties, they do manage to destroy the remaining Geth. Joker radios the Ascension is all clear, and when the Citadel arms open up, Hackett orders all remaining ships to focus their fire on the Sovereign. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so this that, is that, when in that section is where that decision that we talked about earlier is. This is when um, Saren becomes like fucking alpha papa, like Geth stalker. Oh, it's, it's funny too because this entire series we talked about how annoying the Geth hoppers are, and he legit turns into one of those hoppers that just like hop between both oh, the walls and it's... shoot you. It's I thought it was like it's very poetic with uh, our experience specifically. Yeah, but um. I will say this, okay? I'd, I, I'll get into... I didn't enjoy the Saren boss fight. I did fucking love the design of Saren oh, as yeah. this, like, Saren's Geth, like Geth form is crazy. Um, because, basically, I, I'm assuming it's Sovereign who activates these implants and basically yeah. starts to, like, puppeteer Saren's corpse. And bits of his, like, flesh burn away, and you can see his rib cage. But you well, can his see whole like jaws missing. Yeah, it's just the top head of his head. Yeah, with... and you can see like how all the like machinery inside is what's making him work and that. Um, yeah. But ultimately, he is just a very, very powerful Geth Hopper mm. who jumps from place to place to place and then eventually rests and shoots you with a laser. Yeah. Um, oh well, there's also more regular Geth that are around here too that you have to fight while fighting the Geth Hopper. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't struggle with this one too much. I mean, there was like there was this was the section I was talking about where both my partners die. I have to revive them. I use the mm. shield regenerate thing a lot because my shields went down do you have so the, much, like all the time. Do you have the unity skill? Yeah, lets you that's what I was using. Dead yeah, yeah, yeah. I was using so, that, and I was using the shield regeneration to bring our shields back up too. I again, I I think the reason I didn't enjoy it is because I felt overpowered. So mm. I did die the first time, um, purely because I was so focused on Saren, I didn't see the other Geth coming in. Yeah. Um, so then when I knew the other Geth were there, because my gun was killing the Geth so quickly, I just went around and killed the like six people that dropped down and then focused back mm. on Saren. And Saren does this similar to um, the fight on Vermeer, where you have to get the shields down first before you do and health then damage. Health down. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a lot of moving the camera around, waiting for him to stop, and then aiming down sights and shooting him. And oh, was there Kai in your playthrough? Was there more Geth waves that went through, or no? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because it says there was some changes in the Legendary Edition. They added more cover to the battlefield. It says Saren now summoned waves of Geth Troopers, Geth Shock Troopers, and Geth Snipers. You'll have to fend those off. The, oh, the cutscene of the Citadel fleet attacking Sovereign occurs when reaches 50% of his health, too. Mm -hmm. 
So I would say he wouldn't have. Um, he wouldn't have the. Did you have the waves of of Geth? I don't think so. Because it, it looks just like it was just Saren bouncing around in his little it says, chamber of doom. Yeah, it says legendary edition. Although the yeah. husk plays the leading role, the final battle has been revised. So only we had those waves of Geth to fight. That's not in the original. Well, which is good because uh, I died anyway. So, <laughs> no. What was it that got you? Was it him hopping around so much? Yeah. He he does. He's very fucking hard to keep track of. Like. Yeah. I did lose him. I mean, I would just, I would just die. <laughs> that, that <laughs> just in general death. I mean, yeah, he would just hop around and then chip off fucking health from me, and then I would because like there's a cooldown on healing, so I would heal, mm. and then it would put my shields back, but then it wouldn't be enough time in between for me to heal again from like when it right. gets back all the way up to where I can right. hit Y. Uh, so then. I just kept I, dying. I really like in the the head canon of your guys's lore, and you guys will talk about it in your final thoughts. But the idea of like Saren having a moment, a split second of hesitation of like, "Oh damn, I'm, I'm I am being controlled," and then that snaps and Sovereign's like, "No, I fully have you," and then force him to contort into this monster. Like, I think that is really cool. Not that I don't like the idea of Saren just always being evil and like my side of things and never having that hesitation, but I think it's cool. In, I mean, I'll talk about it briefly now, but like in my head canon, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy because mm-hmm. like. I always I saw it as like Sovereign wanted Saren dead, but he wanted yeah. control of the body. So when Saren flipped and killed himself, I was like, oh, Sovereign knew that was going to happen. He knew that yeah. Saren would betray him. So he put those implants in so he could overtake the body and basically finish what he needed mm-hmm. doing. That was the way yeah. I saw it. And it, it makes sense in ours because obviously where he, he killed himself. Yeah. Um, um, so maybe in yours it's like a like a foul safe. So if he dies to Shepherd, if then... he does die, then he could Sovereign can still use him for whatever he needs to use. Yeah, him but Kai was ultimately head cannon. Yeah, he's left. It, it's always it's always yeah ex head cannon. Uh, ultimately, we do take down the evil husk of Saren, and then this cues in the very dramatic, very cool shot of the Citadel fleet. Everybody just full open fire on yeah sovereign and ultimately the normandy flying through and taking that last final shot that fully mm. explodes and kills sovereign which is just yeah, it's they so cool shoot like some fucking high-powered high-explosive rocket into sovereign's belly and then sovereign just like explodes from the core outwards yeah um and then everyone's like well yeah we fucking did it and Saren like disintegrates into ash and like floats away in the wind that's apparently there in a zero gravity environment. <laughs> the space wind. <laughs> ah, yes, the space wind. Um, uh, so yeah, now we are we are now in the epilogue, um, yeah. which for me was kind of like anticlimactic. I mean, they like they tried they tried doing the it very was... like stereotypical trope of like so when sovereign explodes and blows up one of his pieces is like hurtling towards the count's chamber oh, shit, and that's Shepard's right, like yeah. oh shit and it hits 
And then it kind of cuts to uh, the commander and a bunch of people trying to search for us. And they find our party members, which, again, in my instance, is Tali and Liara. They both look, and where we were standing is, like, the the arm of the sovereign. And everyone's like, oh, man, like, dang, Shepard was such a good commander. And then we walk up and, like, stand up on the thing. And we're like, oh, we're still alive. So it does, like, that very tropey, oh, our main character is dead. Just kidding, our main character is alive kind of situation. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of spoiled in the sense because I know that Mass Effect 2 and 3 exist and I know that right. Shepard is the character going forward. Um, maybe if we were playing it for the first time and Mass Effect 1 was only a thing or I didn't know, then mm. maybe I would have thought that. But yeah, it's like, and it's like the swelling music, like as they yeah. stand on top of Sovereign's like di- yeah. fucking dismembered arm and they're like, yeah. I'm Shepard. I mean, it did like for me. It didn't like pull me out of the experience, but I, I knew what they were going for, and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you were you were tricking. I mean, I know Mass Effect Two was a thing, so even if I had no context of what that means, like you haven't played two, so you're like, oh, maybe Shepard's not the main character. I we knew like Shepard's alive. Yeah, it, it, it's like it perfectly embodies that whole like human response of like fuck yeah. I'm the yeah. hero. I did. Well, it's very 2007 as well. Oh like, yeah, I feel like this 100%. is very how like a lot of these games, a lot of movies do that. Try to like psych you out that the main character has died after all this, but then they like push the like the rubble kind of moves and then he pushes through and makes it in. Oh yeah, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was corny. Uh, yeah, generally that's what we said about yeah. the like fucking arm crushing thing and then being like comes up onto the like piece of metal in front of everyone does like a pose yeah. I'm like really i told ben it was very 2007 uh ending yeah uh yeah i mean it was fine like whatever it's like a last final piece of drama that's kind of unnecessary yeah. but whatever like i get mm-hmm. i get why yeah after that captain or odina summons us shepherd and anderson and tells us that we essentially need to start a new council like the council is gone and dead and that humanity should be the forefront of this at least in my situation shepherd was a little hesitant and it's like i mean it was run by all these other races shouldn't they also be a part of this and udina tells us that you know they're also afraid they don't know have any knowledge of the reapers you have all this knowledge you should at least be a part of this and we can make the decision of who we want to be on the council and in my uh, playthrough i picked anderson as being anderson, the council yeah. representative 100 percent, yeah ridiculous uh, yeah um like i did something similar to you i was basically like hey like this wasn't a plan to like for hum- humans to take over the citadel like you know this is a tragedy yeah, exactly. that's happened um and he was like well they want a human and he was like they want you but let's be honest, the whole kind of thing about Mass Effect is like Shepard is the soldier, she or he or whoever is like going around the galaxy, saving the galaxy. So if, if they're on the council, it doesn't make any sense. And Anderson's, a, mm. you know, military experienced fucking captain of a ship. Like he's the better choice. Also, the whole lore of this fucking world is that humans are dumb, dumb, stupid yeah. who barely had a seat on the council in the first place and were never specters and now it's like we're gonna leave the council because we did yeah. one thing one time accidentally like the only reason it was a human that had to do this is because Shepard was a dumbass who went and accidentally interacted with one of the relays and got yeah that was it was all really bugs. accident 
uh, and then it's like, yep, humans are great. Humans are awesome, which is like stupid. It's like no. Ultimately, the the Paragon option, which is what we had, is that the council is held by multiple species, but it is a human-led council. So there will be multiple species, but it's human-led. The Renegade option is now the council is entirely human. There is no other species, which I'm curious of how that affects the other two games. Ah, uh, fascism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can definitely understand... Um like humans being on the council now because kind of mm. we've like proven that we we've can, proved like, ourselves yeah, yeah exactly 100%. it doesn't have to be but like for it to be a human council just seems like absolutely fucking even deleted it. yeah it's yeah. fucking weird it should just be the same thing it should just be i mean yeah we as a human have like the most knowledge about the reapers but still have everyone have like equal sitting in power get one person from every race come together and they just still use our knowledge as the human that interacted and knows a lot about the reapers to go forward we know a lot about the reapers but the other races still know more about the galaxy and the universe as a whole than the humans do yeah i agree we we can advise on that particular (laughs) we also don't We also don't know that much about Reapers either. We just kind of we know just know a exist. tiny bit more than everybody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like not enough that it couldn't be put in an email. Like it's not even worth the meeting. <laughs> like you could yeah. just you know, hey, like a, a TLDR. Citadel distribution list, um, TLDR. Exactly. Here's everything you need to know. Yeah, and yeah. Then everyone's up to speed. So it just sends them the uh, Mass Effect fandom dot com walkthrough. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is a very human thing to be like, well. Mm. Now we're in charge, baby. It's destroyed like, it. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like savior complex, isn't it? But instead of being like a white savior yeah. complex, yeah. it's a human savior it's complex. A, it's a universe. It's even worse. It's even right. worse than it's, being a white savior. It's we already think we're savior. like the center of everything. Like there's no other species out there. And mm-hmm. There's aliens on Earth. They're going to come here to take us. It's like, no one fucking cares about it. We're not important. Like we're not this big important thing. We're, again... If you heard our member thing, if it actually was a thing, we're a fucking tiny little speck, and we don't And the matter. only reason we got to see the rest of the galaxy is because apparently we accidentally visited Mars once, and there happened to be something that allowed us to get to mm-hmm. space travel. Exactly. So, you know. But again, we were we were enclosed in this little bubble, and we thought, oh, it's only us, but they had been running and doing intergalactic travel for years. Yeah. yeah. We only uh, yeah. were able to explore the universe because of Prefian technology, which is just yeah. like, for us, to, for us to like turn around and be like, yeah, now we are the dominant race. Like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. After this, uh, Shepard has a little speech that their goal is now to find a way to stop the Reapers because the Reaper threat is still there. Just because we killed Sovereign doesn't mean the Reapers aren't going to exist anymore. And they have to go back into dark space and figure out how to kill the Reapers. Ben is validated face. I I am yep, validated. Uh, I mean, at least in my playthrough, Saren did sacrifice himself, um, in a sense. Yeah, you're right. He turned heel for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> for exactly three seconds, he killed himself. However long a bullet takes to go from the chamber into somebody's brain. But you were technically right, Ben. Yeah. Ben's theory was correct. I'll you guessed it. the ending. I'll take it. Yeah. But that is it for our series on Mass Effect. We got it. We made it to the end. We made it to the finale. But let's go around and hear how we felt about this section and how we felt about Mass Effect as an experience entirely. Last episode, Ben, we started with you. So, Kai, take us home. Uh, it's okay. 
It was like, it was a strong seven in my opinion. <laughs> Mass like, Effect is mid-Kai w- 2023. <laughs> <laughs> that's the TLDR. That's uh, what I'm here for. <laughs> is mid. That's it. Uh, no, but like I, I get why this became a successful franchise. I don't necessarily think it separate. It doesn't offer, in my opinion, anything interesting enough, at least in its first iteration, to be like, oh, there's something so special and unique about this franchise. Like, I think there's lots of franchises that try to do space. Like, you look at, you know, fucking, um, like, Outer Worlds as an example. Mm-hmm of a game that does this exact thing, like almost identical to this really well, which is like space politics and travel and different environments and RPG elements. And like, of course this came out in 2007 that came out in 2019 or whatever, but there's a million versions of this in between those two things. And like, I, I think that, there are aspects of this and as i said the battles are very like rewarding it feels good to play the game generally like to fight against the the enemies uh third person games i'm usually not a fan of in any meaningful capacity but like i didn't really get frustrated with third person controls or like it not being a first person shooter um i think the world building is interesting and is there if you want it to be like you can definitely engage more with the world around you uh if that's something that interests you or you can just kind of stick to the very like surface level story that's going on um i think the story itself could be stronger it's kind of like it's kind of very basic uh and not very well detailed and there's a lot of expositional dialogue and characters that come out of nowhere with very key pieces of information and you just like there's also a lot of just chance of like, oh, you happen to find the Asari that knows all the information about these relays. And oh, you just happen to find the person who can tell you all the information that you need about this. And oh, you just happen to be on the right planet to go do that. Which is like, sure, there's a lot of that in storytelling of just like luck and chance of being in the right place at the right time. But it, it just felt all very fit, fit together in a weird way where it didn't feel, I guess, like a, like a satisfying narrative experience, which... I don't think this game was ever meant to really be a satisfying narrative experience. I think it was more meant to be just like a fun space adventure game. Uh, they weren't trying to, you know, write a novel. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of nouns as we've talked about in this game. <laughs> so many fucking different species and people and planets and things going on uh, that it kind of like nothing itself stands out um in a way like there's so much differentiation that there's not one thing that you're like oh this is interesting it's just like a lot of different shit all thrown at you um but overall like i had a good experience i think that i imagine they probably continued to develop on the ideas in which they built in this beginning of the franchise and probably got better at doing a lot of the interaction stuff and also technology allowed them to be a lot better i will say like the dialogue options in this a lot of the time because of the clear layout of like aggressive neutral positive uh as like the it just felt at a certain point like i only had one option because i i wasn't playing as like oh i'm gonna be like hard shepherd or i'm gonna be like super nice shepherd like it was just like i'm just gonna select the neutral option because i think that aligns with how i understand the character best um and so then it felt like none of my options mattered in a sense i was just either playing to be a paragon or playing to be uh whatever the other one is i don't remember um renegade. And so 
renegade no thank you um and so in that sense like I, there's a lot of like unnecessary dialogue options where it could have just been cutscenes. um the facial animations were fine and generally like even for the version i was playing which is the older game like i wasn't i was never like oh that's really bad um for it being 2007 i actually thought it was really impressive a lot of the uh kind of cutscenes, facial animation animations in general environments uh the art in the game itself is very beautiful uh very interesting and very engaging a lot of different planets and different environments that feel separate but still connected uh where it felt like a cohesive universe in a sense but but it had enough variation to be interesting um i talked about this a little bit in the last episode but i would have liked more engagement from like b plots in the game rather than you having to seek them out or like side missions being just individuals asking for things of like having like actual events happen that draw you in in a sense so like a building explodes uh, to your left and then it's your like option to go you know explore that thing that happened that like action that makes you want to engage in the story rather than it being like my name's zorgelborg and i need bolts and it's like that's not i don't care about your bolt zorgelborg that's not what i'm here for <laughs> um it's like i'll give you a penny if you find my bolts and it's like okay well i guess um but yeah i think i think overall solid who is this for this is for people who like space games and rpgs <laughs> And character customization and don't really care about cohesive story in a meaningful capacity and who like building characters and like focusing on certain skill sets and like really developing those through the game like it's a good rpg it's fine it's a fine rpg with a mediocre story and a good environment and like i understand in the 2007 landscape of video games that this came out in like yeah i totally get why this is popular and why they made sequels and why it was engaged with i just hope that they took the good parts of this uh they continued to iterate on them they got better at telling stories through gameplay uh, and got better at actually having the environments feel more lived in more realistic more engaging to the player rather than the player always having to do the action of like I'm going to choose to talk to this person. I'm going to choose to open this door. I'm going to choose to go this direction. I'm going to choose to go to this planet. It's like, sure, that's great. But the thing that makes something like this separate from other open world games like Witcher or like Red Dead or like a million others, Skyrim, uh, is that the world is interacting with you as much as you're interacting with it. And I think that's important and kind of missing uh, here. Saren, and my last point, Saren as a character I think was the most interesting character in the game. Um, it being a uh, fucking, what are they called? What are the, the spies? I can't ever remember the fucking names of these things. Spectre? No? No one? Anyone? Spectre? Spectre. Thank you. Uh, being a Spectre, yes. Being a Spectre and then converting to be evil and the whole mind meld with the ship thing. Like, I thought that was an interesting premise. I, I like in my playthrough obviously Saren kills himself, which I agree is a good like twist at the end. I would have, as I guessed in the previous previous episode of how this game ends, I still would have liked Saren to play an active role in undoing the bullshit that he caused. Um mm. didn't did not do that theoretically by killing himself, but kind of just was like, It's your problem now, bud <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like oh kind of a thanks. Thank you for your <laughs> contribution. Uh, you couldn't have been like, hey, also, there's like, you know, a little button you just have to push and all of the Reapers die. 
nope, none of that. Just just ends his own life, which cool. Uh, and then like him turning into a mech was not really expected. I didn't like once he killed himself. I didn't expect him to come back. So that was a nice like oh look at the power of the reapers um and then obviously them setting it up to a different game and the ending about mm-hmm. being a human council is ridiculous but whatever um so yeah <laughs> overall a big okay for me one thumb up <laughs> ben give us your thoughts me voice um so i Okay, right. I, I enjoyed this game. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, certain aspects of it are definitely not as strong as other aspects. I think that this final section, especially how it played out with us, with like Saren killing himself, and then like, because I mean, like Kai said, you know, like he killed himself, and then Brex shot him in the head. So I was like, oh, this dude is like double dead. He's now. dead, dead. <laughs> yeah. So for him to come back was was an interesting twist. Um, the thing with Mass Effect, right, is that you have to remember it's a Bioware game, and that's kind of the big the big thing about Mass Effect and about Dragon Age and like mm-hmm. the from the get go. Bioware are building an IP. They're building a franchise. They want this several game spanning series. Yeah, that is going to intertwine everything. It's, it's what they've always done, really. Like the series they're known for have always spanned multiple games. So I think Mass Effect does a fine job of setting that foundation. You know, um, bits of the game are a little bit rocky. You know, some of the plot points are kind of like, you know, fine, okay, whatever. Some of the, the way they're delivered, like we said before, with like Vigil and how you discover that whole thing about the, the Reapers, that's kind of like, okay, like I feel like that could have been done better. But that's what's strange about Bioware is that Bioware is that look at the big picture thing. Hmm. Um, and so, in terms of like, who's it for? Sorry, just Kai's putting his pimp coat on. <laughs> it's really <laughs> distracting. Don't look at me. Um, I was trying to put a jacket on while Ben's talking his points, and he's not doing a very. I got job. so cold. Shut up. <laughs> um, it's it's strange, right? Because like, if you're going into Mass Effect. And you're just like, I want to play Mass Effect 1 and, and see what it's about. You're not going to enjoy it. Um, or you're not going to enjoy it as much as you you potentially should or would. I feel like the people who are going to get the most from this are the people who like those games where there's a lot of lore. Who are looking to play multiple entries of it. Like, if you're looking to play the Mass Effect series, you're going to get a lot more out of this than if you're just playing Mass Effect 1. Mm-hmm. It is a very 2007 game in terms of the way it looks. Even the Legendary um, Edition, they're still, they've only really polished the aspects. So if the aspects are yeah. bad, it's still bad. Um, I, I did feel towards the end I was getting a little bit bored just because I don't know where I found this fucking super weapon 
but it just completely took away any challenge that the Geth and Saren would have faced. Um, but yeah, over, overall, I, th- I think it's a good game. I think it's a good yeah. game. I'd, I'd definitely say, yeah, same sort of thing as Kai. If I had to give it a score, like sort of like seven or eight, that like, you know, high average. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely think it's geared more towards people who are playing two and three afterwards yeah. as opposed to people who are just playing one and then dipping out. Ben's assessment. I'm just too damn good at video games. <laughs> <laughs> this this gun was like so fucking. And again, like the same. With you the didn't armor. have to use it. Well, yeah, I did because I sold weapon. everything else. Oh well, I've and... been there. Let me tell you, it's not great. <laughs> Difference is, I uh, I assigned that shit to Kaiden instead of myself or Kaden or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For for myself and Ben touched on a good point, which I think people that have played the trilogy like myself and others would say is usually when we're recommending this game, we don't recommend the game, we recommend the series. Like when I say mm-hmm. go play Mass Effect, it doesn't mean play Mass Effect 1. It says play Mass Effect 1 through 3. Like that experience is what I'm recommending and that that's what I really enjoy is that experience in its entirety. Granted, again, your counter argument could be like, well, these games should be good and they should stand alone together, which I, I definitely agree. And I think out of all of them, Mass Effect 1 is the weakest one out of all three. And it, it's the Star Wars approach, though, isn't it? Like, nobody recommends yeah. a new hope. You don't recommend a new hope to somebody. If someone says you should watch, watch Star Wars, Wars, it's like, watch all of Star Wars. Yeah, you tell yeah, them to I watch the original I... one, two, three. That comes from them all being equally good, right? Like, you people recommend things as groups if they're all a good experience rather than just, like... The, the problem like, is... Like, I don't with... think... I, like, like, if Star Wars... If, if Episode five sucked, we would just be like, oh, watch A New Hope and then watch... Skip whatever. this. Yeah, mm. you skip five and go right. to six. The reason we recommend them as a group is because it's like, oh, they're, they're so good, you should watch them right. all. But the... from... I was like, just for from my perspective, I, I do think that. I do think Mass Effect 1 is really good in its experience, but it, it, it gets better the more you play. The more knowledge you learn, you have almost a, like a, a, an, appreciation an appreciation for this first one. Yeah, I couldn't imagine going into Mass Effect 2 having not played 1, just purely yeah. <laughs> from like a lore perspective. And like, if you know, like, if they're like in Mass Effect 2, they're like, oh, but you know remember when we defeated Deforian, you're going to be like, what the fuck is a Forian? And if the Rachni fucking yeah. queen comes back, you're going to be like, who's, who's this bitch? Yeah. Like, so, this? I mean, like, like, like you were saying, like if the Rachni queen came back into, it would still be cool outside of it, but having the context of the first game just brings more into that experience. So I guess that's more of what it is. It's the, it's, it's having that preconceived mm-hmm. knowledge is what boosts all those other things. And like I said, playing two and playing three, you have a better appreciation for this first one. Because it's kind of like you were saying, they they do get better at their storytelling. They get better with how they approach some of the dialogue options and gameplay alone. I mean, I have the opinion that Mass Effect Andromeda, even though it might be a hot take, has the best version of gameplay. How you interact with the world, how you explore, how you shoot, because it's the most recent one just Technology-wise, I think it, it's the most fluid out of all four of those games. You know, narrative, it could be a different option. But at least in how you're experiencing and playing the game, I think that's the best option. But as for Mass Effect, like, again, I, when I first brought this up at the beginning of the first episode, last time I played this was high school. So it's been 10, 
plus years since I've played this game, and it's it's just as fun as I remember. I had a like the Mass Effect. If you ever think of like, well, what kind of games do Jared like? Mass Effect's a perfect example of like the type of RPG that I like, and it's skill trees and it's <laughs> it's not that it's like it's it's everything you like in games, right? It's skill trees, it's right. grindy, it's lore, yep. it's RPG, and it's space. I don't know if that's relevant to all games, but well, and you have <laughs> romance, you have romance options, which that's I'm true. like, that's true, yeah. You the, the, the complete package right here, uh, but no, playing this in a modern setting definitely sh- shines some light on some of its shortcomings. There's some pacing issues with some of the narrative, like you were saying with weapons. If you get something that's really op then it kind of you're just steamrolling the experience and kind of takes some of the challenge away so some of the balancing with the weapons versus the combat kind of scenarios so playing these in the modern settings you can definitely see this is a 2007 game i mean just the ending the very cheesy like our main character is dead he's like holding her waist and walking up and it's like yeah that's that's a little cheesy but embracing the cheese and knowing that this is a game from a, a different age of storytelling will help you i think appreciate that more but no i i love the experience i enjoyed mass effect i feel just as much if not more this time because now i have a context of you know now i have the the memory of having a discussion with the two of you and being able to have a conversation with someone that has never played this series before which i'm always interested in we did it for legend of zelda we've done it for a couple games and hearing people's perspectives on a thing that i like that they've never played and it's been like years pulled out of the experience i think is just is is super cool and a lot of fun but again my recommendation is the series i think you should play mass effect in its entirety and experience that story because it's really it's a really cool one and has a very at the time interesting and uh, divisive ending that they mitigated with some some dlc that people liked but an interesting ending for sure in the third one but those are my thoughts that's mass effect guys we finished it we wrapped up our time you guys never have to play another mass effect game again if you don't want to you should play two but we'll be playing two at some point Definitely. I was going to ask you if this, like, if you were convinced to play more of this. After I rolled credits, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to jump into two. I, because... I, yeah, because I'm a sucker for that thing that Bioware do where the story carries yeah. on. And Seeing how of, your decisions affect the narrative in the game going forward. Yeah, yeah. Because, of, because of having the legendary edition, obviously the save data transfers over. Um, yeah. And I, I won't lie, um, Richard from Desert Island Games, he's been playing 1, 2, and 3. And 3, yeah, hearing um, his perspective on that. Yeah, and he kind of sold me on at least giving 2 a try. Um, 2 I'm is not, my favorite. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I will play 3. I definitely mm-hmm. will play 2, and whether I play 3 will depend on my experience with 2, I think. If, I mean, I want you to play the whole thing. But if you don't play 3, you should at least try Andromeda. Because I want to know from your perspective, someone that's played the original and maybe even 2, and then plays Andromeda, compare those two narrative-wise, gameplay-wise. Mm-hmm. Because, again, people always shit on Andromeda, but I think it's... I don't remember it being it's too long. Like, it's, like it's, it's like the circle jerk thing, isn't it? You know, people shit on Nickelback. and like, Don't get me wrong, they're not the best band in the world, but they got some good songs. But yeah. people shit on them because it's funny and it's a meme and like... 
Exactly. They do it because it's it's what people are saying. And so they want to be like, oh, I want to share thoughts with you. It's ever been on this podcast. <laughs> it's a oh, Nickelback take. Jesus Christ. Some of this. Oh, uh, right. look wrong. at this photograph. I mean, nice. Rockstar. Oh, We've jammed out to Rockstar on many occasions. is not a good song. Uh, burn it to the ground. That's a good song. Burn it to the ground. Uh, Gotta be somebody. That's a good song. Yeah. If today was your last day, he's a animals. Mm-hmm. Animals, animals, animals is a good, is a good song. Yeah. song. Isn't that him getting a hand job in the car? His dick sucked while he's driving. He, um, yep. The harder you squeeze my gear, the faster. I he, he pulls up to his girlfriend's house and she sneaks out. Um, and then they're driving down the road and he's getting head while driving. And then they fuck in the car. And then he crashes his car. <laughs> and then the dad uh, this, finds him. This, uh, this leads to a take in which I completely agree with, which is that Canada either sends their best or their worst to the United States and nothing in between. <laughs> Canada either is like, here's the greatest artist of a generation, and we're like, thanks, Canada. Or Canada's either like, here's the fucking worst band on the planet, and then it's And just we're like, back. thanks, Canada. Yeah. Justin well, speaking Bieber, of Canada, my interstitial. Just kidding. What? My interstitial has nothing to do with Canada. Don't like, get there's excited. A of, there's a lot of Canadian indie games so I got. Very excited. The, there really is. Oh, uh, but yeah, so time sorry. time to announce uh, what we're playing this week for our interstitial. It's going to... Okay, wait. I didn't... I don't have its information. Hold on. What? Jared prepared do you as have its always. Name? I do, but I wanted to be like, the 2000 and blank blank game. Okay. Get your... Everybody hop on your horseback. Get your swords ready. And get re- ready to climb some creatures. Because we're going to be playing... Shadow of the Colossus. As an interstitial, okay. Uh, it's only six hours long. Oh, holy shit, is it really? It's very short. I was like, oh damn, that is a short game. Mm. Okay, very interested to play this. Yes, I I don't know about the two of you, but I've never played Shadow Colossus. And the remake by Bluepoint, Bluepoint? Oh, I'm getting that right, is on PS Plus. I got bought the remake. Uh-huh. Um and then I got bought it for my birthday for my good friend. And he was like, this is one of my favorite games of all time. I want you to experience this. And I was like, I will. And then I lent it to a guy at work before I played it. And then he left the company and I never got it back. Dang. Now is your redemption. Your poor friend's been wanting you to play his, his favorite game. I know. I'm sorry. Dan. I went to go watch a preview of Shadow of the Colossus to understand what I'm getting into. But which is, yeah, it looks fine. Um, but the video ad that played before my YouTube video was for the tour announcement of Queen plus Adam Lambert as oh. the Freddie Mercury replacement of Queen. Isn't that oh. quite he was an American Idol guy? The worst combination of things I've ever seen. I, I do not sure. know how Adam Lambert landed that role, but it's just so bad. I'm pretty sure wow. he's been touring with them, like... A lot? Yeah, like ages. God, what a fuck. I don't know. But we're playing Shadow of the Colossus. That is going to be our interstitial title. Get your copies ready. Get and play it. And we have something extra exciting. A first time for Play Along History. We will be joined by a guest that episode to talk about Shadow of the Colossus with us. So... Very exciting. First time for us to have a guest on here. The main the main feed, the main the series main with all three of us. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. Tune in there to figure out or find out rather 
who is our lovely guest for this episode. Since 2011. They first performed together in 2009. Mm-hmm. They did several World War tours, uh, worldwide tours from 2014. World War Twos. World War Twos. <laughs> and they even had a debut album. Good Lord. Wow. So it's, they, he was part of like 10 years. Queen plus Adam Lambert played their first full concert at Kiev's Independence Square for a joint show with Elton John and Elena Pichuk. I go see so, I mean, clearly, uh, he's been killing it since he's been running with them for 10 years at this point. Yeah. 5th of April, I go to see Elton John. Finally. Like, after three years. Because hey, of go. COVID and shit. Yeah. Oof. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for getting to the end of the episode. As always, like I said, next week, we will be talking about our time with Shadow of the Colossus. I'm excited. This Colossi, boy. Time to climb some creatures and kill some monsters. Oh, I will say this for you guys playing and for the people listening at home. If you see in Shadow of the Colossus, like little salamanders with shiny tails, kill them because they increase your climb time and how long you can climb. Shit. Oh, so. interesting. Okay. That's cool. Ah. I'm excited. And in that episode, Ben will be announcing our next main series. So yes, I'm very sir. excited to see what this is. We are playing Mass Effect 2. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel. That would be hilarious. I Honestly, I'm down. Let's do it. I'm down. Kai might not be down, but I oh, am. It's not down, though. <laughs> okay, guys. We love you. We will see you next week with Shadow of the Colossus. Peace out. Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>